watch Matt Mosley show ESPN Central Texas. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Central National Bank, and uh, great folks over there. Uh, Brian Fonville, Executive Vice President, the Nesbitt family, do such an incredible job. And speaking of an incredible job over the years, one of my favorite radio guys uh, and one of my good buddies for many, many years is a guy named John Denton, who I always love to have on during Baylor TCU week. But, uh, John, what a... uh, what a wild uh, day that must have been for you Sunday, a guy who has worked hand-in-hand with Gary Patterson as he's built this incredible program at TCU. Uh, I would say that had to be a, uh, a pretty uh, – a pretty. maybe you saw it coming in some respects, but, but the way it happened it had to be pretty surprising to you, I would think. Well, it definitely uh, was a situation where, you know, I got to give, uh, you know, uh, the chancellor, Victor Buschini and the AD, Jeremiah Donati. I mean, they, they, um, they moved and moved quickly. And, you know, you were starting to see some signs that things weren't quite right with the pro within the program, you know, Gary Patterson's a fix it guy. I mean, he's probably one of the best on the fly coaches. I mean, you've seen him in games and, you know, the two Alamo bowls are probably the best example where, his teams got down big early and he got into the locker room at halftime and regrouped, made adjustments. And then all of a sudden, you know, they come back and end up winning the game. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's always been able to figure something out, but you know, the last three years, uh, things, yeah, things got tougher and tougher. And this year's one of those years where you just couldn't quite get things fixed. Now injuries had a lot to do with it, but you know, the, the defense, which has always been the fallback for TCU. I mean, even if their offense was so-so, you knew that defense was going to keep them in the game. That just wasn't there. And teams started racking up huge yards. And, you know, SMU, frankly, was was the first one to do it. And all of a sudden, TCU's exposed on video. And Texas is running the ball. And Tech is running the ball. And, and uh, West Virginia played keep away. And, you know, all of a sudden, here's, here's a TCU defense that, you know, frankly, looked like some of the teams I played on in the in the early '80s, where you know, competitive, but just couldn't quite get it done. Couldn't get offensive uh, opponents offenses off the field. And the next thing you know, the defense is playing 35 or 38 minutes of a game uh, shorthanded, and that's a recipe for losses. And uh, it all came pretty much to an end last Saturday in, in Manhattan. It was a it was a long, quiet. Uh, flight home from Manhattan to Fort Worth and uh, you know I think most of us feeling that wow you know something's imminent and you know I thought it might be Monday but um, it was within 24 hours of of the loss of Kansas State that the you know the meetings on and the announcement was made yeah I mean I remember the end of the Taft era you remember it too and he was a little Mm -hmm. bit kind of nudged out the door but but nothing um Nothing like this. I mean, this was, uh, uh, and of course, it's the whole "be careful what you wish for" because Baylor actually went into a long wilderness in those post-taff uh, in that post-taff era. Do you do you feel like Gary? Uh, and we both know him pretty well. Do you feel like he um, did? Did he? And I don't know how much of it's recruiting, and I don't know how much of it's burnout or whatever. But like. What, what do you think was the biggest thing that sort of got away from him? You're right about the defense. That was always what he could fall back on because 
He was amazing at it, and he's considered one of the great defensive minds in college football. But if you had to point at one or two reasons, where what was kind of his undoing, would you say? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of it, uh, especially this year, Matt, is it, you know, and people always go, yeah, well, that, you know, injuries are an excuse. Mm-hmm. Coming out of spring ball, and I spent a lot of time at, at practice last spring and at the spring game, and, I mean, the two deep that he had rolling out of the spring really led me to believe that, wow, okay, this – this is, I mean, this was the best-looking defense that he's had from a physical and a size and a speed standpoint since probably the 2014 team that probably should have been in the CFP playoff but but got nudged out. I mean, this this was a group that, you know, he had, he had a lot of depth at defensive tackle. He had size at defensive tackle. He had five defensive ends that he could rotate. And, you know, the combinations were there. Uh, some of the adjustments that they had made on the offense, you know, you had Max Duggan coming in, you know, he's going to be a third year starter. They'd reshuffled the offensive line, brought in Obena essay from Memphis as a gigantic left tackle that nobody could get around all spring long. And, you know, and then you had a stable of running backs. I mean, it, it looked like this was a, a team that was going to take people to three and out hell every week, uh, you know, and then give the ball to an offense that had all kinds of weapons. You got Quentin Johnston, you've got all kinds of speed, Tay Barber, yeah. wide receiver, you know, Zach Evans. And, and this was a team that after the Cal game pretty much started losing, you know, two off the depth chart pretty much by the quarter. And all of a sudden, you know, wow, we're starting to see some people on the depth chart that we didn't even think would play this year that we thought would probably either redshirt or get disgruntled and hit the portal. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got four freshmen and a redshirt sophomore play in the secondary and they're young and that's a complicated system that he runs. And, you know, it's, it's hard for those guys to learn that defense if they've only been around, you know, a spring or maybe a year and a half. He always said that, that his best teams were his oldest teams. And and this is a pretty young team. And, um, you know, I think, the injuries on top of, you know, it's changing environment uh, in, in college football. There's a lot to have to adapt to, especially in the mm-hmm. last 18 months. But I'll tell you the other thing, you know, sitting right down there, 83 miles south of TCU in, in, in Waco. I mean, the, the quick success that Dave Aranda and Baylor's had. I mean, Baylor is TCU's mirror and vice versa. And I think, you know, you start looking at, you know, disgruntled alums and, and fans, and they're going, how did Baylor get so good so fast? We had yeah. it all over them. And I think that's, that's by comparison, is a problem as well. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because, of course, when Bears bring it up, it looks like we're kind of beating our chest or something. Uh, talking to John Denton, uh, radio voice, a color analyst for uh, radio for many years and played at TCU. I also think, John, that uh, Gary has always had some kind of rabbit ears when it comes to the media. But, you know, when you start responding to, like, basically message boards or, or kind of – and I know that one guy went to TCU. But if, if, if you start kind of letting that stuff get to you – and I think Gary thought maybe he was taking up for his coaches, which he was very loyal. I think that's a, I think that's a great trait about him. Maybe he was almost loyal to a fault. But I thought that was probably a bad sign, uh, John, when, when he starts responding to a guy who honestly 
how many people would have read that thing other than TCU people if Gary hadn't have brought it up? Yeah, yeah, I know. He was he was the best advertisement for that for that story that day. I mean, we he walked into you know, it's a couple of three weeks ago, walked into his presser and, you know, it's about 33 minutes of, you know, just he took one breath and it was a monologue. And, uh, yeah, he was he was bothered by it and he didn't like the way that his coaches were referred to in the story. And, you know, I mean, that was a that was a deep dive on, you know, nitpicking on some things. But and you yeah. can do that. You can do that to every football program. I mean, you, you're talking about. There's a lot of moving pieces. It's its own little corporation within a university. You've got, you know, uh, coaching staff. You've got support staff. You've got 115 players. And, you know, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of things. And, you know, I've always said that, you know, if if you can get that big battleship, you know, moving at about 70% capacity in the same direction and, and keep on putting miles behind it, you're doing a pretty good job as a head coach. Some good things are going to happen, but yeah, you know it doesn't take doesn't take much for for things to start to to fall off or for the prop to fall off the the uh, the engine rod or I mean you know and all of a sudden you're listing and it it's a struggle and um, you know I think that that uh, was an indicator right there as you mentioned. Yeah, I. Uh... You know, I'm really bummed for a lot of reasons. Um, I, you know, he always put great game game plans. No matter what kind of seasons TCU was having, the Baylor game always seemed to be. You know, he'd have an interesting game plan. In fact, I don't know if you heard what Dave Aranda had to say, but he said, "Hey, last year the coaches were just they were one step ahead of me. They just kind of. I mean, he was very upfront. Was he's like their game plan was so good. We, you know, they they just knew us too well, and it was very upfront yeah. with that." So yeah. um, it, it you know it, it just really stinks that so and and I, and I wrote about this the other day or I said something about this Twitter wise um, Art versus Gary had become one of the great things in in, in in this rivalry had been so fun and and of course you know you people like you and I like each other so much we had respect but there are some people that would probably take it too far but it was fun it was a great rivalry and it's ebbed and flowed and all of that so. I mean, a lot of that kind of stinks, but hopefully, you know, they can get both programs can get back to being good at the same time. Now, let me ask you this: Jerry Kill uh, yep. takes over this. This uh, and, and Jerry's an interesting guy who's been a head coach and has had some medical issues, and he'll be he's extremely loyal to Gary. So this is, in a lot of ways, still Gary's team the rest of the season. What What do you do? You have any feel for like what to expect? Could this be like a, a win one for Gary type situation? Um, what are you what are you expecting from this TCU team as they get ready to face a hot Baylor team? Well, I mean, number one, I mean they've got their work cut out for them this weekend. You know, I, I think you know Jerry was up in front of the media today for about twenty minutes and was very frank. And you know, he goes, "Look, we've got we got a lot of work ahead of us." He goes, "We're getting some people healthy. We're getting some people back." He said, "You know." This is not this is not, you know, roll over and die. He goes, I talked to the team and we've got a lot of young guys that, that still want to play and improve some things and he said this this is a month of opportunity for all of us. And he said, you know, when when the full games is over, I'm gone and most of these coaches are gone, but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna coach hard and we're gonna we're gonna work hard for the kids and we're gonna work hard for the legacy that Gary's built. And he said, you know, he's a he's a good friend. He's 
done a great job here. It's it's epic what he's done. And he goes, we're going to go play for uh, for Gary and for the kids and, and make the most of it and, and see what happens. And, you know, if we can win three and get to a bowl game, well, then we'll fly that flag a little longer. But he said, you know what, we've got, <clears throat> we've got four challenges ahead of us. And he goes, I'm looking at it like, you know what, it's going to be fun and I'm going to go do the best I can for my friend. And, you know, you know, at this point, uh, you know, you get Gary's out of the picture and there's no telling what Doug Meacham may get turned loose with from a game plan standpoint. <laughs> I mean, there are enough, there are enough weapons on this offense that, you know, they could throw some things at, at people that they haven't seen all year because, you know, Gary really favored a more conservative, you know, especially in certain situations and certain parts of the field, you know, now what have they got to lose? You know, let it all hang out and go have some fun and, and spark, spark some success with some fun because Jerry Kill said today, you know, you have a little fun and all of a sudden you're feeling good about yourself and you get a little confidence and then all of a sudden you think you're pretty good and you win a game or, you know, pull one out and all of a sudden this is all fun again. And he goes, that's when I want to make this. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, Jerry's looking at it as a, it's kind of a mini season and it'll be interesting to see. I, I, uh, you know, on the flip side, I played on a team that was with a lame duck coach in 1982. They, they fired F.A. Dry with a week left in the season. And I'm going to tell you, that was tough. So yeah, it's going to be one or the other. I mean, it's either going to be turn it loose and go have fun and you know, knock some people in the dirt and see if you can, you know, hang with Baylor, which, I mean, it's a huge, huge job. I mean, I'm looking at the notes today and just going down the menu of all these teams that they've beaten and how they're beating them and how well Bohannon's playing and the defense is flying around and you got running backs that can – power their way up the field i mean tcu's got a huge huge job ahead of them especially this saturday but you know i think i think you're going to see some components of just you know what let's turn it loose let's go play and have fun and and um you know you're still still going to have to keep an eye out for you know that that sandbag effect because that's an emotional deal when you've had a coach that either brought you into the program or recruited you, and you know all of a sudden he's not in the room, and that's yeah. a, that's a huge void to have to fill. All right, last thing I had for you: Do you think that Gary Patterson will be a head coach again? Yes. yes. Okay. I okay. I would not be surprised to see him. You know, he may decide to take a year off, but I'm not going to be surprised to see him get hired somewhere else in the power five somewhere. I mean, you've got a lot of schools around the country that look at TCU and go, wow, we wish we were, you know? And I mean, he's, he's got a lot to offer somebody. He, he knows a lot about defense. He, he can memorize people's offenses. That's what makes him so great. And he translates that and teaches his players to do the same. And that's, that's what's made him so successful over the years. But I, you know, I think, uh, I think he'll coach again. He's a young 61 and, got a lot of energy and you know maybe he'll be an analyst for a year or so and then you know decide he wants to throw his his hat back in the ring but he's he's still got a lot of coaching into him he's at the end of the day I mean I've had a lot of fun working with him and I've seen him in all kinds of situations and you know I feel like he's a good friend and I feel like I know him and I will tell you he's not done 